What is up, you guys? We are back for another episode of the Lines and Layers podcast. I apologize, you guys, for not being here for a little bit last week, but we are back this time for another episode. I have again with me Valencia Stacks. Yo. And um, we are going to get into Erica Badu's song, Didn't You Know? And um, I can sing it. <laughs> <laughs> we rather not hear that. <laughs> um, but this is a very calming, um, really good song. It's one of those songs where you can just kind of just relax, kind of drive through like a rainy day, um, and just chill too and vibe out too. So I'm really kind of excited to do this song. Plus, I love Erica Badu. Who does who does not love Erica Badu? One of our many goats. Yes, a legend, and she is aging gracefully. Uh, I think I just we just seen a short with her and her daughters. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, okay. <laughs> so um, anyways, getting into this subject of talking about this song. And, you know, when it comes to us interpreting the song, it's our own interpretation. So we all will have our different interpretations of what we think it will be. There's times when we can read a book and someone can have a perspective of this, someone can have a perspective of that. So in our perspective, we feel like in this song, well, I feel like in this song that we're talking about a journey, trying to figure out which way to go and our journey through life. There's so many things that take place that um, life can seem like it's just, oh, you just go here, you go straight, you make a left, and you're good with life, and everything's going to be good. Or you make a right, and everything's going to go bad, or vice versa, or whatever. And that's not how it goes, because along our journey of life, there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be so much trauma that takes place that we can't just say, like, oh, if you just do it this way and follow this manual, everything's going to be good. Okay, your way didn't come with an explanation of what if this happens? What if my car breaks down? What if um, I lose gas? You know what I'm saying? If we're going to talk about our journey through life and we're going to talk about us maneuvering through life is us maneuvering a vehicle. What if our car gets into a car accident? We don't have those things put there to how to deal with those type of things. Those are things we have to figure out. It's when you think when you think the, the impossible won't happen, it happens. Mm-hmm. And it's how you bounce back from that that from that instance. You know, you can lose your way, but it's about how do you get back. Mm-hmm. It's about the get back. You know, it's about finding your way, coming back. You know, and making sure that you're on a good, narrow, a good, steady path. Because there's so many bumps that go that come into play. One of the biggest things that all of us as adults worry about, think about all the time, is money. You can't do nothing without money. Mm-hmm. So if something happens, and God forbid you get injured on the job, they want to let you go, they're plotting, they're scheming because you got injured, so now they're trying to make it seem like you're the problem, and trying, you know what I mean? And now you have to go to a worker's cop lawyer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, now you are battling something with them, and you're also battling something with your injury. Or if it comes down to like something myself and Stacks has dealt with is losing a parent or losing a family member. Those mm-hmm. type of things as well can come into play and those are not things that are just like maneuvered. And we, we spoke about this before, when you work at a job, you only get about, I think, three days. So you're supposed to just figure it out in three days and get back to who you were, you know? Or if there's, when it comes to parenting and becoming a parent, there's books and everything about this and that. Okay, but what if you're dealing with a child that's been through trauma? You know what I'm saying? How do you deal with that? There's not, like, a one book for all of this. And a one, like, everybody's different. Everybody reacts to things differently. So when it comes to us 
discovering our journey or getting to where we want to go or even reaching our goals. It's not something where it's just like, oh, you know, I want to do this when I grow up and then I'm going to be able to succeed in this because I read a book on it. So this is all that I have to do. During our journey, things change and we have to figure out how to maneuver around those changes. Mm -hmm. It's not something that anyone really has a um, advice to give. You know, everyone always has advice about everything. But if you were to turn around and that same situation happened to them and you gave them the exact advice, you know what they'll tell you? You don't know what I've been through. You don't You don't get it. All right, I say, couldn't be me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, it's just like going through life, you know, one of the things I like to do the most, um, you know, I read books, I read articles and everything like that. But one of the best things to go to is to some of our to some of our um, elders. Yeah. And one of the best thing about our elders is that they give you honest advice. They give you knowledge and really like graceful advice rather than if you were to go to someone your own age because most of the time whatever you've gone through someone your own age may not have experienced that yet or may not experience that at all. So they can't give you advice on something that they never had to deal with. Yeah. You know, a lot of times we have unsolicited advice. And a lot of times unsolicited advice comes from a place of not experiencing but just imagining themselves in their in those shoes. But then they deal with the situation and they deal with it worse. So well, then it's just okay. like, what was your advice really on? Was it just for me to hurt and move on so I could be catering to you or is it really something that you felt that was going to help me well i think i think everybody's advice at first is is um i think everybody's advice at first is is um genuine no i wouldn't say genuine um i'm trying to think about the way you just said you said that they give you unsolicited advice Mm -hmm. yeah i think everybody's advice they don't know what they i feel like most people don't know what they're talking about when they give you advice if you haven't been through it like if you're like for instance, you won't know how it feels to lose a mom until you lost your mom. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when people lost their mom, I can give my condolences and stuff, which is genuine, but I'm not gonna know that pain until you know I have lost my mother. Mm-hmm. So now I know what that pain feels like to lose a parent. You know what the pain feels like to lose your father. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So me, I haven't lost my father yet, so I can't be like. You know what I'm saying? I know how you're feeling. You know? If you haven't experienced the thing, you can only give advice that's minimal. You shouldn't listen to somebody who's trying to give you advice on a situation who have never been through that situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's so true. And I feel like, you know, a lot of times, you know, we get into things and we mean well and we want to give advice because we want to be helpful. And, you know, some people, you know, don't want to be helpful. They're just like, ah, oh, shut up. But at the end of the day, most of the time I would think that most people want to be helpful and help, you know, they don't know what to say, so they say something. But um, I'm one of those people sometimes Saks would tell me, like, you don't always have to say something. Sometimes you can just listen. Um, But for some reason, when someone pours their heart out to me and I don't know what to say, my dumb behind says something. And it's nothing... um, it's nothing that's ill-willed. It's just, it depends on the interpreter. And I always try to give, like, the best I can be, you know, because I'm very um, empathetic and I'm very sympathetic. So when it comes down to it, I always feel for the other party. I always feel hard. 
And um, one of those people I love really hard as well. But I'm also very strong with my words and very direct. And, you know, I'm not really like, um, what they call that? What would you say, like, the way that I speak? Um, hmm. Well, like I would tell you guys all the time. For, I, for I, the advice you give? or Yeah. Um, what I say a lot of times is that um, I come from a Caribbean family. We get straight to the point. We're not really um, one of those people that try to um, baby talk our um, advice. We kind of just get kind of straight to the point. You know, um, me, I, I would get into positions where people pour their heart out to me and, like, think in my head after they leave, like, dang, I should have gave them a hug. I didn't even think about that. Or, you know, or, or dang, like, you know what I mean? I'm not really. <laughs> no, I just had a scenario play in my head. Somebody just telling you, he's just like, come here. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and those are things that are not natural to me. And it really comes a lot of times by the way we were raised. I wasn't really raised to be hugged. Like, um, when I got around Stacks family, like, they're really, like, huggers and stuff like that. Like, I would give, um, in our culture, we do have to give our aunts and uncles, we have to give them kisses on the cheek and stuff and greet them. Mm -hmm. But to just do it just randomly outside of the greeting, that wasn't something that we were really, like, used to do. And I remember um, one time I was leaving my dad's house, I told him that I loved him. He, he didn't know how to respond because, you know, and he said, thank you. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, sometimes I, I would hug my mom and she would just give me, like, a half church hug. She wouldn't hug me with both arms because she would feel confused about it too. So when it comes down to me, giving advice or anything like that my parents are very straightforward but i knew it came from love now if someone else was in my shoes and heard the things that my parents would said they wouldn't um, obtain it as love and um, but that's just the way my whole family is they're not very like you know my aunts uncles are just very straight factual to the point, to the point. Mm -hmm. and that's the way that i am as well doesn't mean i don't care about you doesn't mean i care less about you doesn't mean i want you to fail but what it means is just that this is just all I know how to um, communicate. Well, I don't know if I'm good at giving advice either. I don't think anybody might not be good. I don't, I don't know. Would you say I'm good at giving advice? I think that you're more of a listener. And um, there's the listeners and the talkers, but it just depends on the person. I think that some people just want to be heard and, not for, you, and for you not to say at all. But I feel like when there's an awkward silence, I'm like, um... Let me think of something to say, and then. <laughs> well, well, people, people. I would say people only speak to you about certain things if they because they want your opinion. You know? I don't think people want your opinion. You don't think people want. You don't think people. You think I people think just talk. I, I can see if it's something that's just like, you know, such and such is cheating on me, and such and such such such, and they then they just telling you about what's going on with their life. But if somebody comes to you with an idea. Or you know, or like a just like a helping hand with something. I feel like advice is needed, but I, I think it's the circumstance of what, of what, of what, what it is to be like. Okay, advice is needed. Okay, you just need me to listen, because it's a double-edged sword. Because you can just be listening, and they're like, "Why are you not saying nothing?" You don't care. They think you're judging them, or you don't care, and mm -hmm. it's like, "No, I'm just listening because obviously you need a ear to listen to you." So you know, I'm giving you that respect and listening to you. And if you want my input, then you can be like, "So what? What do you think?" Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, so what do you think about this person doing this to me? Or do, what do you think about this happening? 
And what do you think about this? Should I go with this decision? Should I invest in this? Or should I just stop? Mm-hmm. But that's a double-edged sword, too. That's a slippery slope also because if you say, like, no, you should just stop, you're like, you're hating. Mm-hmm. Like I tell you, or, I tell- or if you give advice and it doesn't work out because they didn't listen fully to what you said and because they missed one part of what you said it's your fault. and it failed, then all of a sudden, oh, you're the one who told me to do this. So but, it's just kind of one of those things. It's just like you really don't know how to deal with those type of situations, but, really. But what do I tell you all the time? I tell you, you know what I'm saying? I tell you all the time, when somebody comes to you with an idea or approaching you with something, they already have their mind made up. They're just looking at you to give them validation. Mm-hmm. And have I been wrong about that? Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? Some people some people come to you. Some people generally, like me, for, for instance, I will come to you. You also will come to you and be like, what do you really think? I really need an input on this. I really, you know what I'm saying? I want to take your word into consideration. But some people I've dealt with in life, they come to you with their mind made up. Already. And they tell you an idea, and they just want you to be like, yeah, that's cool. Because if you say no, they're going to be like, you hate me. Yeah. But my thing, I feel like it defeats the purpose asking someone for advice when you just want them to agree with you. If you're asking for advice, then you want basically a devil's advocate opinion. At least I, that's how I am. The, I'm not looking I mean, for that's what to, advice is. Yeah, because I don't yeah. like... I don't want a yes man around me because I feel like when you do that, you're not coming from a genuine place. And now it just feels like you're just trying to agree with me with everything I say, and I feel like that's not genuine. I don't like to be around in genuine conversations. I mean, nobody wants to jump out the window to sell. You know what I'm saying? Nobody wants to go out and do anything and be be the person that 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 be innovative. Nobody wants to do it by itself. So most people are looking for validation in that. So they come to you to be like, if it didn't work, I got somebody to blame. Everybody needs a fall fall but was it a, a fall a fall person? A fall guy. A fall guy. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs one. With their ideas. Yeah. Yeah. So for me to come to you and be like, hey layers, I have this idea, da 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 da, and you be like, uh, sounds good, but think about this. Oh, you don't want me to shine. You yeah. see how you see how easy that 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 can it's go. It's a it's a cop out. It's a cop mm-hmm. out, really. And I experienced this so many times in my life, and people, I just kind of learned to. People just, don't really want your opinion. They, yeah. they don't. They don't really want you to say how you really feel. They don't really want you to give your opinion, your two cents. They they just you know what I'm saying. Looking for for validation. those out there listening, if I ask for your advice, I really want your straight up opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand. Some people got really. I know good some opinions. some people don't want that, but honestly, for me, I'm an honest person. I would like honesty back, and I want a genuine, not no, because you can tell the difference between if someone's trying to find a way to um, say some condescending things to you, and when someone is actually trying to give you advice. The condescending ones, okay, yeah, I'm not messing with that. But when you're trying to give me advice, whether it comes with sternness or what comes with softness, I accept both. There was a question probably like a year ago that was going around on the internet saying, would you take $500,000 or dinner with Jay-Z? $500,000. No, dinner with Jay-Z because he probably will give me some gems that can make me a millionaire. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm taking that $500,000. I think Jay-Z would want you to take the $500,000. My honest opinion. You don't think he'll give you gems to make you... Well, he actually been giving us gems on the album for free, so... Well, not for free because, you know, you pay for... Well, I don't know. Stream. That's really like a tough question. I'm taking the bread. I mean, I understand that. But that's would hove. you know how to? That's my favorite rapper. But would you? 
let's go. This would is not. This know, is. This is. Would you, would you know how to flip it? That's what you're saying. Would you know how to make more money out of that five hundred? Let, let's talk about the girl at the school that stole the five hundred thousand oh dollars. And I believe the news said, Let and correct me if I'm wrong, that she spent five hundred thousand dollars in about two to three weeks. So that's basically, if you How? think about that, that's half a million dollars. How? So at the end of the day, if you get $500,000 from Jay-Z, what are you going to do? I mean, if you get $500,000 or a conversation with Jay-Z, you need to know what to do with that $500,000. You need to, Because if you're okay, going to spend okay. it in three weeks, then you need to have that conversation with Jay-Z. So, so this is the thing, though. You need to be that type of person to be sure of yourself of what you're going to do with that $500,000. Because you can have a dinner with Jay-Z and he just tell you minimum stuff. Yeah. Remember, I love Jay Z is my favorite rapper, but at the end of the day, nobody wants to. What's that saying? Your boss doesn't want to uh, give your boss would never give you enough money to become his neighbor, mm-hmm. and that's for anybody. Everybody's not the type of person to be like, Well, you should do this, you should do that, you should do this, you should do that. I don't know Jay Z well, personally, so I can't say Jay Z is that person because Jay Z has given people game because people in interviews have saying Jay Z has talked about Rico's one of Jay- them. Well, he was yeah. Jay Z gave him game, but he was he was more Emory's cousin. And Twenty One Savage, he 21 said. Twenty One Savage. So mm-hmm. Jay Z has given people game. Mhm. But that's people who's already at a certain level. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Me, Joe Blow, coming from the de la ghetto. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the streets. <laughs> Jay Z, like it, it was even like people making like was making like funny videos about it. It was like I don't know why you took the money, man. You should, I mean, I don't know why you took this dinner. You should just take. Because they was like, one plus one equals two. They had Jay-Z was saying something like... They had Jay-Z, they had Jay-Z foul out here. They had Jay-Z saying like the most minimal stuff. And everybody was shaking their head like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, I mean, it does come to those places. Because I know what I... I'm sorry to cut you off. But I know what I would want to do with the 500000 to to make more money off of it. I wouldn't just go out and just spend it in three weeks. So a girl who took the money from her job, she probably wouldn't need to sit down with Jay-Z because she would just be doing something. And, and in Creole, the real Jay-Z was this Jesus because... <laughs> both Jay-Zs. We sit down with both hoes. Both hoes, okay? <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, it just comes down to that thing. Like, when it comes to the journey of life, there's so many things that come across. Like, we're talking about money. We're talking about trauma. You know, there's a lot of difficulties. There's also, when it comes down to trauma, there's mental health that comes in between. Some of us are just struggling. You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of people during um, COVID struggled mentally a lot. Luckily, I wasn't really one of those people till my father passed away. My father passed away. Um, that was just, that just was a lot for me. It was just a lot. Like, I was, I didn't even know, like, what to do. Like, there was days where everything would be blurry. I couldn't hear no one. My phone would be ringing off the hook. I couldn't hear it. It's right by me. Like, it was just bad. But besides that, if that didn't happen, I actually kind of enjoy being by myself. I'm an introvert. So I kind of enjoy being by myself. Um, I'm one of those kids that were like a loner by choice. Um, but it didn't work out that way because people always wanted to talk to me. And um, it's kind of weird because... For, for me, being an introvert, I'm also very bubbly, which I think is kind of like, doesn't make sense. But if you talk, I'm not the type to approach you, but if you approach me, I will be friendly and I'll have a lot to say. But I'm kind of too nervous and 
um, too shy to be the one to just go up to someone <laughs> and just be like, but when it comes to business, you kind of have to be um, an extrovert, I would think, because you have to be able to make connections with people and be able to um, introduce yourself and things like that. When I do try to do it, it's almost like you can tell I'm, I'm uncomfortable doing it. <laughs> but, you know, people, people aren't interested if you don't have nothing to sell, if you don't have nothing to offer. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be in people's faces all day, but if you don't have no product or nothing to offer or something to keep people interested in, it's just going to be like, man, let's get away from me. Let's mm-hmm. first get away from me. You know what I'm saying? So networking is, is a part of it. There's certain things that go into it, you know, that we still even ourselves haven't unlocked. Because I don't even think even, like, we're not taught to network in school. We're not taught to network by our family really like that either. Um, some of us are just natural natural networkers, and some of us are kind of just like, yeah, I'm about to approach this person. Uh, I don't know. Let me go sit down. <laughs> and those are classes schools should be teaching. Schools should be, schools should be teaching money management, mm-hmm. you know, networking. Instead of teaching, you know, calculus and ge- geometry, something that you're not going to use once you leave high school, if you're not, if you don't become a math major and a, and what's that as a mathematician? Mathematician. Mathematician. You're not going to use calculus. You don't need calculus to count money. Let's be for real. That's more if you're about to like work somewhere where it's like if it's a science, yeah, like science situation. Science, but I don't even know. I think they might do that too in like construction to a certain degree. I'm not sure. Man, I don't really know about You need to know about coding and technology. And that's, that's something you need to learn. You need to learn that because at the end of the day, this AI stuff is taking over. You know, you get so get with the times and learn AI, you know. You need to get you need to, to, to learn those type of things. Coding, you need to learn how to build a program, build an app. Those are the things that's gonna carry you over. Like nowadays you can go to college for playing video games. Mm-hmm. You can get a scholarship. You can become a professional NBA 2K player and get a 401k and a dental plan and health care and make $60,000 a year playing a video game. I think also, That's more than most warehouses make. I think also it really comes down to the parenting as well. I think, I think that parents should make sure that they talk to their kids and be like, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, just keep talking to them about it so that it's something that they keep thinking about. When I grew up, I, you know, of course I wanted to be a singer, but I also wanted to be an English teacher because I, mean, I thought that I was going to be, like, the I mean, best teacher in the world, and that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. I'll never crush anybody's dreams, but I think my cousin said he wanted to be a sword fighter. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Never crush anybody. I didn't what, even know that was a um, profession, but, but it, hey. It, I mean, if you do Olympic, like the Olympic, like the Olympic thing. But oh, like, like fencing. Is that what he was trying I think, to say? No, he's talking about a sword, like with a like a, like some midi, midi, like some medieval stuff. I I don't know. I, you I know, never touched <laughs> Go for it. Go for yours. But that was probably the wildest thing I ever heard in my life. Yeah, I never heard a kid say that. When I grew up, I want to be a sword fighter. <laughs> I heard doctors. I heard teachers. You know, <laughs> everything. You know, like even even be a producer, rapper, singer, basketball, basketball, something. There's so many things. But here's the thing: I can't really say too much because we're at the time and place, which is great. I love where we're at right now, where you can make money 
doing anything. You can make a career out, out of anything. Like, if you were to tell me in the 90s that you could make money playing video games, you can go, like, to school for playing video games, like, I would have been like, whoa. You, you know, know what I mean? You know how many people who have lost scholarships and got kicked out of college because they was playing video games? I personally and didn't know go to class? someone who actually I think got we kicked out all for that. do. Yeah. We all know somebody like that. Just think about it. Fast forward 10, 15 years. They could have been, in this time now, making money, being a professional video. They have professional video game tournaments where you can win hundreds of thousands of dollars. Wow. For playing Halo, for playing Call of Duty, for playing these things. You know what I'm saying? Esports is real. Oh, wow. Is there a manual? Because, you know, I'm <laughs> not really a video game person, but if you see I can read a manual pretty Adam well to kind of figure it out. If you see them kids play, you're going to need years of training. <laughs> but that that's really amazing. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I, I, um, I really, really love that. I think also a thing that kind of messes us up in this journey of life, what I think I've noticed a lot um, recently in the area that I'm at is a lot of the kids, they kind of drop out of school. And they don't drop out of, like, high school. They're dropping out of middle school. And they're not going back. They're not going to I mean, that's been, that's been a thing, though. I you, mean, you, you, know, you don't meet, you probably never met somebody personally. But that, that's always been a thing, people dropping out early, well, my ninth point, grade, 10th grade. Well, my point is that I'm leading to is how does that help the journey of life? How does those things take place? Is it the teachers messing up? Is it, you know, it the parents be, not being be on, on them hard enough? It could be a combination. Like, what happens that the journey of life kind of um, messes up there? And, you know, what I will also say is that they are there are a lot of millionaires who did not finish Jay, school. Jay, Jay-Z is the greatest rapper of all time, and he's a high school dropout and a billionaire. But I also can say that there are some people who have dropped out of high school and middle school and have not been able to get to okay, where Jay-Z I'm, is at. I mean, Jay-Z already had a mind state of he was tired of this and that, and he wanted to better his situation. you got to have the drive. If you don't have the drive, then it, it, it can't happen for you. You have, you, have to have it in your, you have to have the hustle and the grind in your mind already for it to happen. You know. But, you know, when people drop out, it could be the teachers. It could be the parents at home, you know, or no parents, lack of parents at home and stuff like that, you know, everybody's life's different. Mm-hmm. So it can be a combination of things like the blame shouldn't be probably towards the child that drops out. It can be the environment. It can be so many different things. And that's why I'm like, when it comes to us talking about the journey of life, our journey doesn't just start when we become 18. Our journey of life starts as our as our childhood, and it is our um, elders or our guardians or our parents who are in charge mm-hmm. of pushing us to get to the point of where we need to be. And I think that's why some situations don't end up being the way that we would like to see, because the foundation the foundation is is your household growing up. If that foundation is broken, sometimes it could push people to be even greater and be like, you know what, I grew up like this. This will never happen to me. Da 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 da. Let's get it. Yeah. But some people, I mean, with pick- that foundation is broken, they kind of just stay broken. It yeah. can go either way. Yeah. So that's why it's really important when we want to talk about that foundation of life. We had to talk about our childhood. A lot of times when you talk to therapists. They want to start at your childhood. Start from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? If I was to go into a therapy session and, hey, I want to talk about um, relationship issues, 
relationship issues. Well, how did you grow up? And you would think that, what does that have to do with? I'm trying to talk about me but and my partner, but everything has to go back to the way that you were raised. That is your foundation. And so when it comes to the journey of life, when we want to talk about which way to go, we're able to decide that from our foundation, whether that foundation cripples us, mm-hmm. cripples us or whether that foundation pushes us mm-hmm. to be better and be greater. Yeah. that's. I know one thing that I always wanted to do, and I always tell you guys all this this all the time is when I was little I was like I'm gonna buy my parents a house even though I grew up in a house I was like I'm gonna buy them like a mansion and that was my determination to do that because Mm -hmm. I grew up in a family where we took care of each other we took grandma we took care of grandma we took care of grandpa and that's basically what it was and that was more so on my dad's side so when it came down to those type of things that was one of the things that were my foundation, especially with me having parents from the Caribbean. They were hustlers. You know, my, my mother, she would work two jobs, and she also would, like, make stuff or cook for people's parties and pay for that or do people's hair. My father, you know, he would, you know, do general work type of jobs, and then also he'll do, like, hustles on the side where he'll, like, redo someone's kitchen or, you know, mow someone's lawn, you know, mm-hmm. do the landscaping so, or or be like Ubering, cab driving, whatever. Mm. And that's how they were. So it's just like when it came down to me, like I always tried to use that mindset. And my brother is the same way. Like he's in the military, but he also had a point where he was um, refurbishing cars. I think that's what you call it. Is it refurbishing or detailing? I don't know. But he was doing something with cars. Refurbishing, with- refurbishing means that it's, it's old, but you made it basically like so, okay, so he was refurbishing cars, you know, he was, you know, reselling clothes on eBay, doing different stuff like that. And as for Stacks, like, his mom was a big hustler. So that's when it comes down to him, like, he always finds a way to make money. Like, I used to question how he made money, because I was like, how did you, how did you make this happen, you know? And this is like, he's like the money guy to me, <laughs> but I feel like he got a lot of that ambition from his mother. Would you say so? Yeah, my mom worked three jobs at one point in time in her life. Like a Jamaican? <laughs> it's an inner joke because he um, he said that on one of his songs, and also that's on Living Color. Yeah. Um, they had a, a segment. Hey, mom. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, nah, she yeah she worked she worked she uh, at one point in time she was a teacher in the daytime. She cleaned buildings in the afternoon as far as like the evening. And then she would go throw papers at, like, 2 in the morning. So she rarely slept. Mm-hmm. You know? She rarely slept. Like I said in one of my songs, I've never seen my mom take a vacation. Yeah. So I can't be out here slaving, making somebody else rich. That's the mentality I have. Not saying that it's wrong. I mean, not saying that it's right and everybody should just quit their job and try to get hustle and try to make everything happen. I'm not saying that because some people need the stability. Some people need the job so they can work on their dreams because they have too much time on their hands. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Some people need these things to work for them. So I used to have this mind state, which was not good, which was wrong back in, like, around pandemic 2020. Mm -hmm. And I used to be like, I used to see people like, man, I got this award at work. Or, man, I just got promoted supervisor. Or, man, I'm just like, man, why? why?" I I would be frustrated on such media. Like, why everybody don't want to be a boss? Why about when we boss? Why 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 you happy that you got raised and you stepping up first and not quit your job and become a boss? 
Mm. And that's not the right way to think. I mean, it's kind of like when the and they Dame try Dash to, they try to say Dame Dash like, but that's not what he just misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I feel like what you meant and what Dame meant was just that, you know, you have the ability to do so much stuff on your own. Yeah. And that's what is meant Kept by the middleman. You know, and like I said, it's no diss to anyone who loves to move up in a company at because at the end of the day you're still that's moving an accomplishment. up. You're still, still, still making more money than what you started still, when you first started at the company. Com- yes, so at yes. the end of the day you are still being somebody great. Yes, you are. You know, but that's I think fact. it's just at some points when there are times when you do get frustrated with your boss. You're just like, ugh, you know what I'm saying? It's just like dang, like what if you were your own boss and you didn't have to deal with anyone telling you what to do or humiliating you or saying this or but, that. But but at the end of the day, it's just like that's not for everybody. It's not because a double-edged sword with that is you can become your own boss and be lazy mm-hmm. and lose everything because... Or have less time to even go on a vacation because you're always having to worry about your company. Exactly. So, you know, it's a thing that you got to prepare for mentally and be ready for. Me, I feel like I have the, the hustler's ambition to want to make something happen for my family and me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I see that quality in you as well. Because you, you're always trying to find out the next, like, what am I doing? You know? Like, you're not you're, you're not stagnant. You know? Like, a Jay-Z line sticks in my head that will always forever live with me because you guys will learn this later that I live my life off of rap quotes. You know? He said, I'd rather live enormous than live dormant. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's just the mentality you have. I'd rather live, I'd rather take chances and risk everything to become rich than wake up every morning and go to a job that I hate. That's just the mentality he has. I can't knock him for that mentality because mm-hmm. I have the same mentality. You know? Why, if I'm going to wake up and go to the job, guess what? I'm going to off time. When I'm off, I'm going to work for myself. You know? Mm-hmm. And... Sometimes we're pushed to do that by other people because sometimes I get lazy. Sometimes I don't feel like doing it, you know, and I'm pushed to do it. You know what I'm saying? So there's nothing wrong with working a nine-to-five. There's nothing wrong with having a normal job. There's nothing wrong with getting up and going to work if that's what you want to do, if you love it. Just and at least love what you, you do. At least you're getting up to do something. That's yes. That's the biggest you're point not, right there. You're getting up to do something. You're no matter what, either way, whether you're going to a way of independency or if you're going to a way of working for someone else, you are still getting still up getting and up. you are still making money and you are still paying your bills. You know that's what I'm saying? The most important thing. So that's, your bills. that's the most important thing. So don't misinterpret Pay that when bills. someone tells you to be a boss. If you want to be a boss, be one. If you're not ready to do that, that's fine. That's fine. That yeah, doesn't yeah. mean that you're less than. You still can no, move up in your company and become boss like for you just moving up and, and that, continuing and, that income. And that's the thing that's on going around social media is that a lot of people are being clowned and stuff for having a regular nine to five and which is not wrong because the person clowning you probably the person that that's like, oh, in these videos, be at parties and stuff, the person, I got a regular job, so I want to laugh. He's like, what you laughing at? You laughing at a real job? That person probably had his mama house still, not doing nothing with his life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he, probably, he probably had a do-dirty house playing Madden right now. <laughs> you also had to think about, um, there's a lot of YouTubers. I was watching some video on YouTube uh, oh, kind of a minute ago. 
But anyways, um, they had a lot of YouTubers that were pretending to be people, you know, and they couldn't afford these lavish lifestyles, but they were telling people, you broke, you're this and that. But then all of a sudden, they have all these schemes trying to put together, now trying you to get money. On your face. You know, Jokes and on you. really, they don't have the money to do these lavish things. A lot of times, when you see these pictures and stuff, people vacationing all the time, a lot of times they probably are really working a, a nine to five. They just don't want you to know that. Or they are spending their rent money on a vacation and coming back to an eviction notice. So at the end of the day, it's just like, it's, it's about not. getting your priorities straight. It does not matter how you make your money. The point is, is that you are making it's, money. It's not good to stun on people. Motivational purposes only. Mm-hmm. Do it for motivation to motivate motivate somebody else. Mm-hmm. Don't do it to stun on them. Because when the tables turn, you're going to be, you going to have the, the egg, was it the egg on your face? Yeah. You know, motivational purposes only. If you're if you're an entertainer or if you're a rapper or something, okay, then when you when you rap and say you stunt on people, that's cool. It sounds good. You know what I'm saying? It's a rap line. No difference between like a movie and a, a reality show. Yeah, it's entertainment. You know what I'm saying? Don't well, reality it. shows kind of be. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> it's entertainment. Don't take it. Y'all personal. know what I mean. <laughs> but you know, don't don't be sit here and call somebody. Don't be like. Don't be on the internet talking about you broke. I'm out here getting money. Look at me. I'm over here in San Tropez with the jet skis. I don't even know if you can take jet skis to San Tropez. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> don't be out here, to like, you know, like, be humble about the situation. Motivate, motivate somebody else to get it. You know? That's the best way to do it is motivate somebody out there to get it. There's money out here for all of us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Nas once said, no, who cares who's paid? Because you ain't get the last dollar made. Long as they keep printing, it, it's chances of getting it. That's real talk. There's always a chance that we all have the same twenty four hours in life. We put on our pants at one leg at a time. I never met or seen anybody jump into their pants. Unless you're like a superhero. There's no such thing as superhero. <laughs> There are real, Batman is real. There are Batman was a human. He was a vigilante. We keep going through this. He didn't have no superpowers. He was just, he was rich with gadgets. He was Iron Man for DC. That's what he was. Hey, he did. He he was a superhero. To he me. was a rich man with gadgets. And if he was a superhero, he was a if he was superhero. if he was a superhero, why was the why the police ain't like him? He was a vigilante. He did stuff on his own merit. We're not gonna get into that. <laughs> But there are real superheroes out here, but they're really saving people, you know. But nobody jumps into their pants. We all put our pants on one leg at a time, so we all have the same 24 hours. It's just what do you make or what are you going to make of your 24 hours? Mm -hmm. And there's there's a lot of things that I've learned in this journey of life. Like one thing, um, you know, as a kid, a lot of our road trips were really just going to someone's funeral. (laughs) <laughs> so we'll be from crazy. us yeah so I'm excited <laughs> getting in the car like well on vacation we're Road going to a motel and yeah. out the day after we're dressed in black going to see somebody in a casket like oh this is why we drove over here but um, at the end of the day it's just like where was I going with this oh okay so one thing I didn't know growing up is going to these funerals I thought that funerals are automatically paid for oh you passed away okay the government's gonna pay for it because you they have something put aside from your taxes that pays for everybody's <laughs> funeral. That's what little kid thought. <laughs> Till I got an adult and I was just like, okay, why are there people, you know, 
with signs asking for donations. Mm-hmm. Do they not know about this tax that they're taking out of everybody's check to pay <laughs> for everybody's funeral? I was a kid, okay? I didn't know. I know better. But till, you know, Stack's mom unfortunately passed away. That's when I learned what life insurance was. And that's when I was like, okay, let me try to get myself a policy because this does not come out of your taxes. The government does not pay for this. So when it comes down to those things, it's another thing, a journey of life where you had to kind of figure it out because there's so much information. There's so much stuff that we had to learn that sometimes our parents don't share with us because they don't want us to have to learn those situations. Like even when let's talk about like when it comes to the sex talk, those are conversations that they don't want to really have with you, you know? So at the end of the day, it's just like a lot of times when it comes down to those things, people have to kind of learn it on their own. But it's needed because by the eighth grade, most kids, men, boys and girls are talking about that. Yeah. Are doing it. Exactly. Because even when when I was in middle school, there was only one girl. Um, she was pregnant. And I was kind of like confused. You know, I was a kid. I didn't know what was going on. And at that time, there like, wasn't. How are you pregnant? We're the same age. Yeah, yeah. I didn't understand what was going on because. I never seen that, mm-hmm. and I thought it was something that happens between, like, couples. I didn't know that it was just something that happens with kids. You know, you're talking about someone in the eighth grade who's 13, and, you know, even when it came down to the person who impregnated her, he was way older than her, and she would brag about it all around school and everything. The rest was kind of look at her like, you probably should keep this to yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but anyways, if she knew, she would probably wouldn't broadcast it so much because that person um, basically did something wrong, you know, but she didn't know it was wrong. She thought it was the best situation for her. But if that conversation was said to her and that uncomfortableness, uncomfortable conversation was explain to her from whoever was a figure in her life, then she possibly wouldn't been in that situation at 12 or 13 years old. So when we have these type of things when the journey of life, there's a lot of things that we have to learn on our own, but there's also a lot of things that we can be taught, but it's held back because people don't want to feel uncomfortable having that conversation. But what is more uncomfortable, the conversation or the next party making the mistake? So we have to really be transparent when we have these conversations, especially with our children for a foundation. And especially when it comes down sometimes when it comes to our loved ones that we talk to as well. Friends won't really take that as um, that great having transparent conversations all the time because a lot of times it'll be interpreted as hating. Not to say proper hating, but we have to really have these conversations because we can just make this next generation and these next people like to lead and everything not be able to properly do so because things weren't explained to them. People don't automatically know what's right and what's wrong. Mm -hmm. What's right and what's wrong is taught. Mm -hmm. And if that's not taught, then people's journey in life is not going to be something where they drive straight through and maybe get a couple bumps in the road. Their map is going to be with a whole bunch of squiggly lines because these things aren't taught. So that's, it's very important that kids are taught young 
about how to navigate through life because if they are not taught these things, mm-hmm. their map is going to be a whole bunch of squiggly lines. Mm. I like the way you put that analogy together. It's from the top. From the dome. From freestyle? Yeah, it's freestyle right there. That girl got knowledge. I should, I should be a pat. No, no. <laughs> 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 I was like, Mo- motivational speaker. <laughs> motivational speaker. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got some things I still got to learn in my life, you know. But, you know, a lot of things about um, our journey is reflecting and taking ownership of our mistakes and trying to do things better. I know what my issues are. <laughs> well, I want to say issues. I know what my flaws are. Sure. And we, we all have flaws. And if you say that you do not, then you you have some work to do. You just got to own up I know what my flaws are. I know what I need to work on. And I've been doing my best on working on it. You guys don't hear me cuss, but I have a really bad problem with cussing, number one. And number two... I come from a hot-blooded Caribbean family, so we all have a temper, and I'm trying to learn to deal with mine a lot better. Um, I'm more, I'm more calm. He's more calm, so that's, I like to, I like to be around people who are opposite of me because they help me stay grounded. I need the opposite to help me ground. If we have two hotheads together, it's it's just going to be chaos. That's a you know that's a recipe for destruction. It it, it really is. So I've been really learning myself to just calm down a lot and not really care about a lot of um, things that don't hold substance. If it doesn't hold substance, why am I revolving around it? Nah, on to the next thing. Okay. So, on to the next. And that's one thing that I've learned is just having, having patience. Because my thing is also we want to be treated, we want to treat others the way that we want to be treated. That's a fact. What you want from life, you have to you have to give out what you want to come in. And my come in, like like I said, I'm very transparent. I want people to be transparent with me. But sometimes me giving transparency will bring negativity back to me because people don't see it as being transparent. They see it as hating. <laughs> Why am I saying hating? She is hating. Don't be a hater. <laughs> We're hating. <laughs> you know, when I get on this podcast, I try to really um, pronunciate my words because, you know, sometimes um, my pronunciation is not that great all the time. So I think that's why it came out that way. But anyways. Um, I mean, you don't sound like, like some people I know from the South. Yeah, you don't know, understand what's Oh, like that uh, TikTok with the dude with his girlfriend. Well, she was saying, char. I forgot. Oh, man, 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 man. <laughs> milk. Milk. <laughs> People from Memphis, they pronounce their milk. So, like, music. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's funny. And, you know, it's funny, too, because uh, we're from California, so I know a lot of people, if we were to go to the South, they'd probably say, you, you talk funny. They'd probably say that we talk funny. <laughs> I talk funny. I talk funny. <laughs> Just like I can really tell when someone's from L.A. because they have like a certain like kind of accent. Mm-hmm. And they don't think that they have it, but L.A. natives like have a, a certain. Like a, like, a, like, a, like a swing, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think every... I, Kind of everywhere, like Houston, Tech, like Texas, they have a certain accent. Everyone from the South doesn't have the same Southern accent. And that's the crazy part about it. It's all the South, but everybody, like, you know, you have different areas, so you have different um, cultures. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so with those different cultures, you have different ways of speaking. Like somebody from Atlanta is not going to talk like somebody from Alabama. Somebody from Alabama is not going to talk like somebody from Mississippi because everybody has their own slang. I mean, does Florida have an accent? Yeah, Florida. Florida people talk the way they talk. They got their own type of twang. That's cool. You know, just like California, most people might say we talk proper, mm-hmm. but to us, this is not proper. This is just the way we speak. Right. You know, we pronounce we pronounce all of our words. Some people in the South don't they don't pronounce all. You know what I'm saying? They might say a word, but it's like a it's like because they got their own slang. I know the way, the way they do things. Um, what was that movie? Is that ATL? Oh, what to do? And then yeah, he, he started like, talking super fast in the car. And blah, 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 he was like, "Man, blah, blah, blah. Key, are you, you want to buy something or not?" Yeah, <laughs> just like a movie. Jason's lyric. I thought they was in Oakland my whole life. They in Texas. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because they had gold grill. They had, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I thought they, I, I did not know they were in Texas this whole time. I thought they was in the Bay. Mm-hmm. You know, but like they say, the Bay is on the California. That's the south of the Cali of the, of the California. What am I talking about? That's the that's the south of California, the Bay. Because they got gold grill grills. You know what I'm saying? They got their own slang. They got their own the way they talk. You know what's funny though? Even though people from the south will, will say that we talk proper. They use bigger words than we do. They use, like, some big dictionary words. But the crazy thing about it is most people migrated from the South to come to California, especially L.A. Yeah. Mississippi. And people are not migrating Atlanta. back to the South. Or you came from the Midwest, Chicago. You came from Chicago, Virginia. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then migrating back, like you said, because it's expensive. But that's crazy that most people have, you know, migrated from the South. So at one point in time... California, black for black people, is probably filled with Southern accents. Mm-hmm. And as time progressed, we started talking more with our language, our own language. Yeah, and it's it's really dope to see like the different cultures that there is in in the West Coast, mm-hmm. in the South, in the North, in the East, West, you know, all over. Mm-hmm. Like it's really it's really fun to like see the cultures and everything like that. And you got to know which words out of like somebody from a different state will call you a weirdo. In California, we don't play that game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's crazy. It's just the word. The, the other people's slangs are crazy. Yeah, because all I know all my life is palm trees, but I always wanted to live somewhere with a front porch and with trees, you know, in the, my front yard. <laughs> and I thought that there was somewhere in California where I can find this place, and it's just I, like I, we're, just we're like, palm trees. I forget. There's some place with trees, but you know what I'm talking about, like those. Strong, those strong I heard, trees. I forgot it was a comedian said so he came to California for the first time and he was in LA and, and they was like, he was like, hey, don't go over there because woo, 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 they be over there tripping. He's like, they be over there tripping. They got grass in their front yard. Like, what, what is going on? They don't have no projects. Like, they, they out here doing this and they got front yards and houses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, a lot of places in the South, I was like, they don't have fences. Y'all don't yeah, have that no threw fences. Me for a loop. I was like, fences, y'all yeah. don't have no privacy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even like when my neighbors look over and watch me, you know, <laughs> Calif- water or something. In California, that, every know? house has a backyard. We all have a backyard. So Unless just, you live in like a ranch or something. Yeah, so that was kind of like, I was like, how do y'all, that, that'll be very nerve wracking to me of moving somewhere where I don't have that privacy of having a backyard. You fence. have to get used to it because you're going to be paranoid. Yeah. Cause somebody, when I'm in California. Somebody walked through my backyard. I'm like, "Hey, what you doing?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not gonna be a pleasant thing for somebody to be walking in your backyard, right? You know, you already may think like this person is either in trouble or are they up to trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, 
but it's just crazy how the culture like 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 different like how like it's different for California it's different in New York the way they talk. Mm, even like when it comes to like even, food. My bad, I didn't catch it. Even in New York, the Five Barrels, Harlem, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Bronx, Long Island, they have their own different slang. What's crazy also to me, and it's just a culture shock because I lived in California all my life, is that New York, a lot of people don't have a driver's license. A lot of people don't even know how to drive. And when you see how congested it is, you know, especially when you watch stuff on TV, I've never been to New York, so I don't really know. Well, I've never been to New York um, past five. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm laughing because I've seen. Uh, I was on. I was on social media and I seen uh, a clip of uh, Diddy talking to Nipsey Hussle. So he was like, because you know he with this, the last album that he did before he passed, he Diddy stepped in and helped him. Mm-hmm. You know, with some some pointers and stuff. And he was like, "Where you from?" And Nipsey said his hood. He said where he was from. And I'm saying I'm not from it, so I'm not gonna say it. But he said where he was from. And he was like, "So what's Crenshaw?" He was like. Crenshaw is a district I'm from. I'm from South Central. I'm from Crenshaw. So he was like, so, like, Diddy was so confused. Like, so, what, he's like, so, let me break it down like this. You asking me because you're not from California, I would say I'm from Crenshaw, South Central. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But if somebody from California asks me where I'm from, that's a different thing. They're asking me what hood I'm from. Mm-hmm. So he was like, oh, he's like, that's for like somebody asking you. Da, da, da. He's like, oh. Basically trying to see if you banging or not. Yeah, so that's, so that's where, that's, that, that draws the line of California of, if somebody from California asks you, like, hey, man, where you from? It's, it's a tone thing. Mm-hmm. It can be like, hey, man, where you from, man? You know, oh, I'm from over here down the street. I right, mean, hey, where you from? And it's like, oh, I don't bang. You know what I'm saying? That's just a California way of, of doing it. I think well, even Southern California. I think that even what is like. Because uh, in Oakland, I don't know if you would know this, but they say cuz and blood in the same sentence. Yeah, I didn't know that. In the, the the baseline. Even when it comes down to directions, like when you're, you know, New York, they're gonna tell you, oh, you are gonna walk five blocks and you know make it right. In California, <laughs> ain't nobody mentioning no blocks. It's just, you know, yeah. you gonna turn on whatever street. You gonna turn on whatever street yeah, and make it right on yeah. such such, and then make a U turn on baseline. And yeah, everybody knows knows the streets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like even like one of our friends, um, because we're not from the L.A. area, and we called him up and was like, hey, where can we go to eat somewhere? So y'all want to go to a, a good spot, or y'all want to go to the hood spot? <laughs> I said, man, I'm not with you, so I need somewhere safe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, like, so it, it's a lot of different things, a lot of different routing that, that comes around with everything. Like, mm-hmm. even when it comes to the South, there's a lot of things that they teach their kids before what people would teach their kids probably in the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we just never know because we're not the ears, of, uh, you know, in the walls of everyone's home. But at the end of the day, there's just so much differences to the way that you have to move in certain places, the way that you have to talk in certain rooms, the way that you have to sit, the way you have to stand, the eye contact that you have to make. These are things that are taught. These are not things we're born with when it comes to eye contact. Um, something I'm trying to teach right now and even with myself I never was really good with eye contact because I always was shy and I felt nervous when people would look at me in my eyes um but they also say some people will say well if you don't look in the eyes then you're a liar and it's like nah I, I tell you the truth even when it hurts <laughs> stacks can contest to that as well but the thing is it's just that I'm just really shy 
So, you know, sometimes looking in the eye or, or if I really have to think about what I'm saying because for some reason, like, especially when you come from a family whose second language is English, mm-hmm. when it comes to speaking in English, you get kind of, you're not really best at putting the words together, so you start stuttering because you're thinking too much of how to say it the mm-hmm. right American way mm-hmm. instead of just, you know, just blah, 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 blah. Just blurting it out. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe me mixing some of my English with Creole. I would think that'd be, I would think, yeah, I would think that would be a lot of people, like even people who speak Spanish. You mm. know what I'm saying? Sometimes they don't know what word to say, so they'll tell you, like, I'm trying to figure out how to say this word, but I don't know how to say it, so. Like, I know what means, I want to say, this. but for some reason it's not coming out yeah. of my mouth correctly, so I would have to either speak very slowly or I'll, I'll have you, to I'll, look off in space to kind of just get it together I'll, and actually see the words in space and say it. Like, it's it's very confusing of, of really, like, putting it together of how I do it, but that's basically how it is for me. Like, even though, like, my parents, they grew up speaking Creole, they, they taught Creole to us, my grandmothers, everything. I used to pretend I didn't know Creole so I can hear the gossip in the family, and then I'll go back home and tell my mom. <laughs> but I know I know Creole. And when it comes to me saying it back, the words, they don't come out right either. And the same thing when it comes to English. Like, I've, I learned so hard of trying to be so great in English because I actually had to go back a grade because my English wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. You know, and my parents coming here from a different country, you know, they learned what they had to say. Like, even when it comes down to my mom's handwriting, it's not proper the proper way it's kind of looks like um she spells her words and everything correctly but sometimes there'll be like um uppercase letters where it doesn't need to be uppercase letters or it'll mm. be or instead of i will go here which is h-e-r-e she'll say i will go here which is h-e-a-r when we're talking about hearing things like those type of things don't come together. I've been, I was confused. But they whole, also say that English is the hardest language. There, there, and there always confused me my whole entire life still to this day. I had a great um, teacher. Her name was Miss Appleby. She helped me with that, and that's how I was able to Like, I know that. they are, but the other there and there, I, I know it. Mm-hmm. Like, over there is... is but it was everyone's saying? struggle at one point. Mm-hmm. Everyone had that issue at one point in elementary, you know? Um, but the way that my teacher finally explained it to me, because I could not get it. Um, shout out to Miss Appleby. I know that's not your last name no more, because you got married in the late of the second grade, and I was kind of heartbroken because I still want you to be Miss Appleby. Let it go. But oh, so I know. Shout out to Miss Appleby. You know your maiden name. <laughs> I just thought that was just like the perfect like teacher name. Like, what was the lady's name for the Magic School Bus? Miss Miss Frizzle. Frizzle. Yeah, that's like the perfect like teacher name. Like, <laughs> like you messed this up but we all forgot. I I refused to learn her her new married name. She was like, Yes, you guys know me and Miss Appleby. And she was just so cute. Like she had like red hair. She always would have red nail polish on her um nails and she would have red lipstick and always would wear a red dress. I was like, I love my um elementary teacher. She was just she was great. I had the teacher I didn't learn English from, I mean that I failed because I, my English wasn't great. She was actually very impatient. She shouldn't have been a, a kindergarten teacher, really. She okay. And she had a very heavy accent, too, so it was kind of tough to kind of learn English from her anyway. 
But enough of that. <laughs> Let's get back to winning. We go off subject sometimes, y'all. That's just what happens around here. But um, anyways, I guess we can conclude with just saying when it comes down to the journey of life, we it starts with our foundation. It starts with you. You know what I'm saying? It start it doesn't start with us. It well, starts with yeah. our parenting. It starts with your parenting, yeah. So it's, it starts with our parenting. It starts with our household. We either can break away from that and end a generational uh, curse, or we can walk into it, or we can just give up completely. And that... What I meant to say is is the way you bounce back starts with you. Yes. And, you know, um, one thing, like, that Stax taught me is, you know, when people say that, you know, I'm a product of my environment, I'm like, oh, that's an excuse, blah, 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 blah. But honestly, if this is all you see where you're at, how can you learn to get past it? If this is all you know from your community, all you know from your family and your household, how do you know how 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 do you know to move past that? You know, so I, I've I've also been taught a couple things, a lot of things that I mis misjudged, misinterpreted, thinking that there were excuses, but people really don't know how to do it, especially if no one has taught them how to. Now, if they're giving advice and showing how to do something, and they choose not to follow the advice, then that's, that's on negligence. them. That's just negligence. That's on them, them at this point. Yeah. But when it comes to a point when no one's telling them anything, I understand we have Google, but what do you really know how to Google? You know how many times I Googled how to be a millionaire and it came up with nothing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they'll tell you stuff. I've tried everything, and still millions has not dropped into my pocket yet. Because there is not one way to become a millionaire. And it's it's so vague. There's no one way to become a millionaire. If there was one way to become a millionaire, then... Yeah, it would be all Everybody, right. and you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, they're not going to give you all the information because if everyone knows how to be a millionaire, who's going to work? Mm-hmm. So I get that, but at the end of the day, it's just like, you know, I'm still trying to be a millionaire. <laughs> but anyways, when it comes to the journey of life, you just kind of just kind of figure out your strategy and way to go about it. Try to actually really sit there and think about the mistakes that you make because we do make mistakes. Um, even if someone has done as dirty or anything like that, what mistake, what f- characteristics were we ignoring? You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, it's just like we can't always blame it on people. It always comes back to us because people always show their cards. You either can ignore it or not. When it comes down to making a decision, we have to look at all the aspects of it when it comes to business. We can't just be like, okay, you said two or three things that sounded good. I'm in. No, you mm-hmm. need a full business plan presented to you. For you to make a choice, you should, do your, you should go home and do your research. There's, there's when Never it comes decide on it the first, the first day. Life, I understand. We all know life moves so quick, but at the end of the day, if we're gonna make long term decisions, we have to think about this decision as a long term choice. So if it's long term, I need to learn know the whole thing about it. I need to know it like the back of my hand. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's a fact. So when it comes down to all these things, we have to try our best to do as much research as we can. You will find out more information in books than you will Googling something. Yeah. So try your best doing that. I've actually come across a lot of great books that are helpful through me finding it on Pinterest. So you can kind of look up something on Pinterest and they'll have like a whole bunch of like books that might pop up. But sometimes it takes a lot of scrolling to kind of get to those books. But eventually you will get there. And it takes a lot of patience, dedication, meditation, and just enjoying yourself as well through the process. Don't take everything so much to the point where you have nothing left. Like you're just gassed out on just trying to do this. There are some times we have to take breaks off of studying or doing whatever it is in order for you to get to your goal. Because if you fry your brain, 
you might just give up on everything completely. Mm, that's a fact. Any words of wisdom from you, Stax? Uh, no, I just second. I just second everything you're saying. Yeah, he's kind of tired. He had a long day. <laughs> so, anyways, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys for listening. Um, don't forget to look me up on YouTube. My name is Layers. It's spelled L with the at sign Y E R Z. L with the at sign Y E R Z. On there, you will find my music videos. You'll find my blogs. You'll find some old episodes from season one on there that has been recorded. Check that out. And you can check that out. Go ahead, Valencia Stacks. Say all of your things. Valencia underscore Stacks across the board. If you're searching for my music or on YouTube, Valencia space Stacks, S-T-A-C-K-S. All right, you guys. We appreciate you guys so much for listening. I put on my community post in YouTube that we are only going to start doing these podcast episodes on the last Tuesday of every month. Again, on the last Tuesday of every month, that is when these episodes are going to now be available okay um but you can also look at previous episodes um let me know if you appreciate having valencia stacks with me i appreciate having him with me because i feel like the conversation goes so well and yeah i'll see you guys next time all right bye